Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch, chop, retrofit. All right, so uh, having been to the scuff and back, what was your favorite part of the South Carolina Underground Film Festival, Sean? Um, it was the feature that we saw, and I'll talk about that in the movie marathon for me. Okay, right on. I think that my favorite was the animation blocks, or the animation shorts block. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, now, I pointed out one thing to you. We were talking about the microwave and how the uh, name of the microwave and of the of the short was PKD9000. And it just, I'm looking at those letters. So I'm like, oh, Philip K. Dick. Yeah. And it just like, ding, 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 <laughs> rang true in my head. Uh, but this is not a bell ringer of a podcast welcome to season 10 episode 2 of cinema chop shop this is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen so why shouldn't movie buffs like us decide who is recast in those iconic roles my name is miami travice uh-huh aka travis starsky and hutch yep aka good cop trav cop oh that is nice dude you you actually did very well however i have four for you awesome i'm joined here in the precinct by my co-host and co-producer 20 sean jump street Mm -hmm. aka collision course aka cops and robert sean's (laughs) aka rising sean aka stop or my mom will sean shit that was like that was five stop or my mom will sean (laughs) and there's nobody in the back seat of this patrol car further description of the show the tagline says watch chop retrofit because essentially that's what we do here we watch older movies sometimes classic films with iconic actors and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts Uh, Quick disclaimer, though, we're not actually in favor of remakes and reboots and just sequel-dependent cinematic culture. Badge and gun on my desk now. This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we succeed. And that brings us to our first segment today, which is going to be movie news. And movie news is where throughout the week we try to glean stories from the 24-hour news cycle that are pertinent to what we like to talk about, which is movies and shit like that. Yeah. Unfortunately, we do have to start with an RIP. Rest in peace and rest in power to Dean Stockwell, actor known for Quantum Leap and Blue Velvet, Married to the Mob. Uh, has passed away of natural causes at his home in Ranchos de Taos, New Mexico, on November 7th, 2021, at the age of 85. Rest in peace and rest in power to Dean Stockwell. And you were telling me you you thought this is like a Mandela effect thing. You thought he had passed some time ago. Yeah, I think I was just conflating it with Henry Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton. And weren't they friends? They were friends and they were in Paris, Texas together. And also Blue Velvet. If, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Harry Dean Stanton was in a bunch of those lynch Yeah, lynch so, so yeah, there, there's some, some conflation that's mm-hmm. within the realm of reason. Harry Dean Stockwell, rest in peace and uh, rest in power. Next, uh, Leo, Leo DiCaprio is in final talks to star and produce Jim Jones at MGM. What do you think about that? I'm all for it. I love the Jim Jones story. Uh-huh. And what did I say to you, you this week? You said that a better title would be, or a better, a better headline would be, 
Leo DiCaprio in talks to play the Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so MGM has secured a deal for the feature film project Jim Jones with Leonardo DiCaprio in Final Talks to star as the 1970s religious cult leader who was behind the Jonestown mass suicide in 1978 that took more than 900 lives. Uh, the Oscar winner will produce for his Appian Way company alongside Jennifer Davison. And that comes to us from Deadline.com. Next is the Double Deuce back in business. Yep. There's a reboot of Roadhouse coming up <laughs> also at MGM uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal and Doug Lyman circling. Um, I, I think some things should should be left as they are right i agree especially with respect for the sways yeah with respect to sways and then sam elliott cannot be recast no hell no he better play himself i mean he but yeah set same he'll play the same guy <laughs> and who was the blind guitarist uh, he's passed away i believe i uh, well see that's that's why it's so problematic Just leave this movie alone leave this movie alone and uh doug lyman is uh supposed to direct, direct yeah. but um when it'll go into production is still anybody's anybody's guess because Hall is about to shoot guy ritchie's the interpreter and lyman is currently prepping for his everest pick and that's also from deadline interesting deadline had two stories about mgm in a row huh Next, Foo Fighters' next project could be a real horror show. This is exciting. Dave Grohl announced that the band is starring in Studio 666, a horror comedy about a haunted recording studio. And from what I can gather, they are going to be playing themselves. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because there is another movie called Studio 666. And I think that it's straight to video, uh, but it is about a uh, musician and like a haunted place next up people magazine has announced their sexiest man alive and they decided paul rudd paul rudd's the sexiest man alive and ryan reynolds has a, a thing or two to say about that on <laughs> on jimmy fallon the other night <laughs> yeah yeah he's talking about how he made a deal with satan and... he's benjamin buttoning yeah yeah just reverse aging <laughs> Paul Rudd, the beloved Hollywood actor known for his roles in several popular comedy movies and series, is People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive in 2021. And that comes to us from PeopleMagazine.com. Woo! Uh, finally, Henry Cavill, to star in a Highlander reboot, begins filming in 2022. This I'm okay with. I'm not. <laughs> there can be only one. <laughs> nope, I'm not okay with it. That was a franchise that should have been put to rest. Oh, instead of instead of rebooting it, they should just leave it alone. Yeah. I gotcha. Oh, that came to us from JoeBlow.com. And that's going to wrap us up on movie news for this week. Uh, do you hear a police squad car siren? That must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. <laughs> Hola, Chop Shoppers. Got a couple of clarifications for you this week. Donovan is also the father of actor Donovan Leach, who incidentally is the brother of Iron Sky. March of the Penguins had a follow-up documentary, as did An Inconvenient Truth, The Gleaners, Supersize Me, Fahrenheit 9-11, Buena Vista Social Club, and several others. That's it. Good job this week. 
extra time in the yard for all of you. Maybe for a nice game of football. See you next time. All right. Well, Dana, thank you for all that you do and helping us document all of those clarifications. That's going to close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department for this week, bringing us to the theme of the episode. Sean, you're my buddy, right? Yeah, we're good buddies. You're not a cop, though, are you? No. You have to tell me if you're a cop. <laughs> That's the rule, man. That's the rule, man. Uh, buddy cop movies. This is an episode uh, theme that was at your suggestion. Was it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I cannot believe that uh, we haven't gotten around to this one yet because it's one of those uh, movie cliches, right? Absolutely. One of those tropes that just keeps getting repeated. Uh, So Buddy Cop is a film and television genre with plots involving two people of very different and conflicting personalities who are forced to work together to solve a crime and or defeat criminals, sometimes learning from each other in the process. And what are some good examples of Buddy Cop movies? Lethal Weapon is hands down my my prototypical uh, Buddy Cop film. 48 Hours. A uh, great one, yes. Uh, we did a whole recast of Turner and Hooch, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, so also frequently, but not always, the two heroes are of different ethnicity or cultures. However, regardless of ethnicity, the central difference is normally that one is, quote, wilder than the other. A hot-tempered iconoclast is paired with a more even-tempered partner. Would you find this to be true? Absolutely. You just described Lethal Weapon. Yes. Often the wilder partner is the younger of the two, and the even-tempered partner, having more patience and experience. Is too old for this shit. He's too old for this shit. Uh, These films sometimes also contain a variation on the good cop, bad cop motif, in which one partner is kinder and law-abiding, while the other is streetwise, old school, and uh, tends to break or at least bend the rules. Another frequent plot device of this genre is placing one of the partners in an unfamiliar setting, like a different city or a foreign country, a fish out of water trope, or a different role, like requiring police field work of a non-cop, rookie, or office-bound desk jockey. In these cases, they are usually guided by the other partner. And this is kind of my uh, trimmed down version of the Wikipedia entry on Buddy Cop. So I think that all of those things um, actually hold true, especially for the movies that we're going to talk about tonight, right? Yes, totally. And speaking of movies that we're going to talk about, it's time for our next segment, which is the Midnight Double Feature. And this is where each of us have pre-selected two films that we feel are within our genre and related enough to each other that they would make a good double feature. And Sean, what are you going with tonight for Buddy Cops? All right. Well, my first film is going to be Bad Boys 2. And this was mm-hmm. the uh, 2003 buddy cop drama directed by Michael Bay. What was the uh, subtitle? Oh, I don't know. Still bad. Oh, still bad? No, bad, bad boys too. Bad also. Or bad boys for life. No, that was their... Th- That's the third, third one. one. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we got Martin Lawrence, uh, Will Smith, and uh, Gabrielle Union. Joey Pants is in this. Joey Pants. Michael uh, Shannon's in it. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, this was a big budget, big bombastic, typical Michael Bay type mm-hmm. movie, but the, the bad boys, uh, buddy cop 
chemistry is really, really good. And a lot of fun, a lot of funny, quippy one-liners. Um, this is the one that ends like with this big, giant like SUV chase on an island or something, if I'm not mistaken. Cool. It's been an eternity since I've seen it. I don't know that I've ever seen it. I definitely saw the first one, and I kind of... Uh kind of looked at the most recent one the, the latest sequel oh by the way uh henry rollins is in this too rollins so, now that is a saving grace yeah, exactly. right there it's not a terrible movie it's entertaining now is it true that during the filming that henry rollins got michael bay pregnant <laughs> <laughs> um so i'm picked that very deliberately to pair it with uh, a movie we mentioned a few weeks ago on the Shaun of the dead episode nice. i'm going with 2007's hot fuzz Hot Fuzz. Uh, this is, of course, part of the uh, Cornetto of three flavors of Cornetto trilogy. Thank you. Uh, Edgar Wright uh, co-wrote this with Simon Pegg. It's directed by Edgar Wright, starring Simon Pegg, as well as Nick Frost, mm-hmm. um, Martin Freeman, uh, Bill Nighy. Bill Nighy. Uh, you know, not the science guy he a lot of the same people that you expect to be in these films. Great British comedy with a huge, like funny homage to the buddy cop genre. Oh yeah. So much so that they're constantly making references to bad boys too. Yes. In okay. The film. That's, that's your connection. So that's yes, great. there are specific references in sequences where Nick Frost wants to go, And of course, Simon Pegg being the straight laced super Uh cop is trying to reel him in and and kind of keep him uh, on the straight and narrow. But then, of course, shit gets a little too hairy and Simon Pegg ultimately goes like super cop. Hell yeah. Which which James Bond is in this one? That is... um, is it Dalton? It's Timothy Dalton. And, and he does Brosnan shows up in the next one, right? The World's End? Yes. All right, cool. I love that movie. And it's a good to, one, and I need to see it again. I think I want to watch all three of them in a row. Oh, we should do that sometime. I've never done that. I've seen all of them, some of them multiple times, but oh. I've never just watched all three of I'll them. I'll be at your row. house tomorrow. Hell yeah. No, I'll be at work tomorrow, sir. I'll be at your house tomorrow. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so my double feature is a couple of um, hot hot films speaking of hot fuzz uh it's also funny because it could refer to um the fuzz like the police but also pubic hair i think it's referring to the police (laughs) uh city heat is the name of this movie from 1984 are you familiar with this um i've heard of it i've not seen it all right so it was directed by richard benjamin and the it was a co-production by its two lead actors clint eastwood and also Burt Reynolds with their Malpaso and Deliverance production companies. Yikes. It's got a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Your tagline is when a hotshot cop and a wise guy detective get together, dot, 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 the heat is on. Oh my God. Set in Kansas city in 1933, Eastwood plays a police Lieutenant known simply by his last name, Spear. (laughs) Reynolds plays a former cop turned private eye named Murphy. Mike Murphy. Both Spear and Murphy served on the force together and were once good friends, but are now bitter enemies and rivals. When Murphy's partner is slain, they must team up again to fight the mob. (laughs) Um, It was laughably bad. Uh, I could tell what they were going for. They're like, okay, so I got a great idea. We we got Burt Reynolds and Clint Eastwood. Same movie. 
They're both cops. It's a buddy cop thing, but we're setting it in the 30s. So it's going to be like a send up of noir film. Yeah. And it just wasn't effective in that way. A lot of (laughs) a lot of silly one liners, uh, especially from Burt Reynolds and just uh, Clint Eastwood, who's already ancient in 1984. Just being like, the spear is my penis. Yes. (laughs) And I'm uh, pairing that with what is unbelievably a worse film called Dead Heat. Now this, 19- one, this one shows up on some lists. From 1988. It's directed by Mark Goldblatt. Uh, and it's got half of that score on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> with an 11%. Yikes. The tagline is, you can't keep a good cop dead. Oh my God. <laughs> LAPD officer Roger Mortis is killed while arresting zombies who have been reanimated by the head of Dante Laboratories in order to carry out violent armed robberies. And the, do you want to guess who the two buddy cops are? I remember seeing this this week. Hit me. Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo. Yes, Joe Piscopo. The concept, the concept for this film uh, is actually a workable movie. Well, it sounds if like it's in it, the right hands, it, but it, Joe Piscopo is such oh, terrible, a awful piece yeah. of garbage. Well, this sounds like R.I.P.D. It does sound a little bit like that. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that's going to wrap us up on the midnight double feature for this week, bringing us to our feature segment, which is the recast. And the recast is where we take a movie that we've seen before, an older film usually, and we talk about it a little bit. And then we hypothetically go through and recast a few of the main roles with contemporary actors. The first film is a pretty good example of the buddy cop genre uh, with some other kind of um, tangents that it goes off on. It's 1989's Tango and Cash. And I can't hear that title without hearing... um, the uh, tenacious D couldn't split up tango and cash. <laughs> uh, so it's directed by Andre Konkolovsky. Konkolovsky. It's got a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, although it was financially successful. Two of LA's top rival cops are going to have to work together, even if it kills them. That's the tagline. Police officers Ray Tango, played by Sylvester Stallone, and Gabe Cash, played by uh, Kurt Russell, are nar- narcotics experts working to bring down drug lord Yves Perret, played by the late great Jack Palance. In an attempt to stymie their efforts, Perret sets up Tango and Cash, making it look as if they've killed an FBI agent. Arrested and put in prison, the two cops formulate an escape plan but first they take a long, hot shower. (laughs) Once out, they team up with Tango's exotic dancer sister, sister in uh, quotes, uh, Kiki played by Terry Hatcher in order to clear their records and take down Perret once and for all. I watched this in its entirety, entirety for the first time yesterday. You watched it this week. I watched it this week. I saw it in the theater when I was a kid. Okay. And enjoyed it. At the time, their chemistry is pretty decent. Uh-huh. Uh, there was a lot of questions about why there was never a sequel because it could have easily been done, but maybe they didn't get along. But here come my hot takes. Okay. Sylvester Stallone's goofy ass glasses. Yep. Um, the prisoners all looked like uh, actors in an all male review. 
Like they were sexy dudes, every <laughs> single one of them. They were all ripped. What about the one dude who had the like huge now, jaw? Yeah, he is he is a B movie actor. You'll see okay. him on Mystery Science Theater three thousand a lot. He had that. It's the uh, medical anomaly that makes bones develop at different rates. Oh, okay. And so he, his face looks like a catcher's mitt. Well, they they did make a joke about it. In yeah, the they movie. did that they he broke says, it in his like, arrest. You broke yeah. that jaw. Yeah. Uh, of course, we're talking about Terry Hatcher as the quote-unquote sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stallone was 43. She was 25, 18 years older. That's and, why I say his sister. But they also use that uh, in when we first meet her. Um, Cash doesn't know yeah, of course. that they're brother and sister. But she, but she is the most dressed exotic dancer I've ever seen. And in this movie, there's a scene in the dressing room where everybody else's tits are out and yeah. she's still wearing She's in a her... very covered up bra, yes. very covering panties and very opaque uh, hose. Uh, then, of course, her dance routine where she starts drumming offbeat with the drums. They have like a little yes. electronic drum kit yes. that she's like supposed to be hammering on like Sheila E or something. And... It's terrible, but uh, other than that, it's it's a it's lot a of fun. fun movie. Yeah, it's it's a cop buddy cop film that turns into a prison break movie and then becomes a buddy cop film again. Uh huh. And uh, it's got some cool moments. It's got the uh, what was it? The bad cop, worst cop. Bad cop, worst cop was funny, which was a cool scene on top of the uh, building where they try to dangle the guy over the building and then they just stuff a grenade in his face. A lot of um. Dick jokes, a lot of homoerotic uh, they, overtones. They had the, um, they had the gratuitous <clears throat> dual butt scene, Stallone yeah. and Russell. Yeah, that was a big, that was up. a big payoff. That speaking of People Magazine, uh-huh. that's the kind of thing that People Magazine would get all. Ooh, you've got to see this, ladies. Hot and bothered. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we've mentioned everybody. The roles that we're recasting are Lieutenant Gabriel Cash, played by Kurt Russell. Lieutenant Raymond Tango, played by Sylvester Stallone. Uh, villain Yves Perret, played by Jack Palance. And he's playing Jack Palance. Oh, yeah. Doing what he he's, does. He's milking every ounce way of the script. Be, way before Clint Eastwood was doing it. Yep. Um, and then Kiki, Catherine Kiki Tango. <laughs> that's just fun to say. Is played by Terry Hatcher, who was 25. Do I have that right? You got it. All right. So who's your pick? For cash. All right, this is cash a, me outside. Every pick this episode for me are theme picks, and I want you to see if you can figure out the theme. Okay. All right. So for Mister uh, Mister Cash, I went with an actor who was forty one years old. Mm-hmm. He was in um, The Tale, uh, Raise Your Voice, Freddy versus Jason. He was a voice on Gravity Falls. Ooh. I went with Jason Ritter. Okay, Jason Ritter. Got it. My pick. For the role of Cash is 31 now. He's slightly younger, uh, but he's got an older wife. And he was in Tenet. He was also in Outlaw King and Kick-Ass. I went with Aaron Taylor Johnson. Good pick. Good Aaron pick. Taylor yep. Johnson. And I have the obligatory wife beater shirt. That's nice. No, that's, that's bad. It's a tank top, guys. It's a tank top. <laughs> uh, all right. Next, we've got Ray Tango. Played by Sylvester Stallone, who was 43 at the time. I don't. I guess I didn't realize Stallone was older than Kurt Russell in real life. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, their ages don't really come into play in this. They're buddy cops. And who did you pick for Tango? I went. I went exceptionally older. I went with a 65 year old actor. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in Inherent Vice. Um, he was in The Dark Knight. Yeah. He was in The Expendables. 
Mm-hmm. And he was in a movie that we talked about on a few episodes ago, uh, Runaway Train. I went with Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm aware of Eric Roberts, and I'm I'm getting an inkling, but so far the formula is not quite working out. Um, well, if that's your tango, I've got it. I'll, I'll see your tango, and I'll match you a tango because it <laughs> takes two to tango. My Sylvester Stallone's Ray Tango is 39 now. He was in Never Back Down, Forever Strong, and Adulterers. His name is Sean Ferris. Sean Ferris. He's going to have to put on some nerdy glasses. Yeah, I can see that. Face value. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mostly my theme is going to be face value. Yeah, so. You know, it's your, it's your thing. <laughs> uh, then we've got the villain, Yves Perret. Am I saying it right? I don't care. All right. I mean, <laughs> Yves is definitely a French... <laughs> Name and then the last name is P E R R E T. I've heard it pronounced Eves. Eves, Eves, you're correct. Eves Perret, uh, played by Jack Palance, who was 70 years old. And I picked Richard Dreyfus. No, <laughs> who did you go with for Eves <clears throat> Perret? Um, you know, at the time, Jack had the, he had those beady little eyes that were kind of pillowed in by plastic surgery mm-hmm. and I went with an actor who also has face value on that but he also fits in with my theme uh, he's 83 years old Ooh. Um, he was in Anaconda uh, Runaway Train ironically mm-hmm. not related to my theme uh, Midnight Cowboy and yeah, Deliverance yeah, yeah. I went with John Voight uh huh okay now should I guess as I get ideas no wait okay. for the last pick All it's right. a dead giveaway all right. Um, so my Eves, I can't believe I said Yves. I was thinking Elvis. Elvis Perret um, <laughs> is 70 now. And, or my actor is 70 now. He was in Apollo 13, The Rock, and The Abyss. His name is Ed Harris. Oh, good one. Ed Harris yeah, yeah. is going to be. And he's contemptible. So mm-hmm. that's, that works. He's the right age. He yeah. does, definitely has those antagonistic qualities. Uh, we got one more and it's Catherine Kiki Tango played by a 25 year old Terry Hatcher. Give it to me now. I was a 30 year old actress for this. Hmm. Um, she was in we're the Millers. Yes. She was in the art of getting by mm-hmm. aquamarine and nerve. I don't really care for this actress, but I went with Emma Roberts. Okay. All right. So Emma Roberts is, uh, the daughter of, of Eric Roberts and uh, Jason Ritter is the son of John Ritter. And who was your third one? John Voight. John Voight is the father of Angelina Jolie. So it's all Hollywood royalty. It's all in the family, baby. All in the family. We had a different episode called that. <laughs> but no, it was the whole bullshit about Stallone and Hatcher being brother and sister uh-huh, that okay. kind of got me inspired for this. I gotcha. All right. Nice. Good job. Good theme. All right. My pick for the role of Kiki Tango is 25 now. Uh, no, she's not. She's 30. Excuse me. Mine is 30 as well. She was in XOXO, Vampire Academy, and Dirty Dancing. The 2017 version. Her name is Sarah Highland. Oh, great. Sarah Highland. However, it's going to be a much more realistic portrayal of an exotic dancer, Sean. Mm, well, good. I, <laughs> I was really disappointed. <laughs> 
with that, we're going to head into intermission, but not before we say, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some donuts and some nutty buddies. Nice. And for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Chop Shop Morning Zoo on WCCS 85.5 FM. The Shop with Travisito, the Brew Boss. And me, Chelsea, the Regulator. Well, we'll be breaking down the recast of your precious childhood movies. All, All morning, morning long. <laughs> and if you can't listen on your toilet or in your car, just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Podbean.com. And it came to pass that the Lord Pod saith unto the chop shoppers to go forth, to rate, to review, and to subscribe to Cinema Chop Shop on all of your social media and your podcaster apps. Now it's about time for the holy sacrament of a beer check-in. You too can follow the path to Cinema Chop Shop on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. Everyone, hallelujah. hallelujah! Praise Jesus! Amen. Well, hello there, all you naughty chop shoppers. So, you like to listen? Oh, you're bad. Wouldn't you also love to see all of our hot pictures and posts on our very own social media? Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you think you can handle it. This weekend on CCS Wrestling. Woo! If you miss this event, you suck. Woo! It'll be the ultimate recasting extravaganza you have ever seen. Between the challenger. Trontastic Ron. I'm going to rip his face off. Woo! And the defending champ. Little Thanos. You ain't got nothing, brother. I can't stop saying Woo! It's an actual medical condition. So if you've got a problem with that, we'll see you in Gmail, where you can send us comments, corrections, concerns, and complaints. That's cinemajobshop at gmail.com. Do you need a used movie? Good credit, bad credit, no credit, no problem. Come on down to Wacky Trav's Cinema Chop Shop Blowout Sale. He's He's out out of of his mind. mind. Where we can guarantee you, you'll go home happy. Social security number, criminal background check, and blood sample required. Side effects may include euphoria, hallucinations, and delusions of grandeur. So please remember to watch Watch Chop Retrofit. All right, welcome back, Chop Shoppers. Thank you for bearing with us during intermission. Uh, Sean and I were literally peeing in the yard, and guess who we found? Me! Chop Shop Regulator. I'm going to go ahead and do your nicknames. Her, uh, you know her as the Regulator, but we know her as Beverly Chell's Cop, a.k.a. Crimes and Chelsea Demeanors, a.k.a. Live Chelsea or Die Hard. Exactly. All right. So when we come back from intermission, Sean, what do we like to do? Beer check-ins. And we're doing a uh, the lighter of the two first. This is a new addition to the Voodoo Ranger series from New Belgium. And it's called 
Future Cop. I mean, Future, future Hop. Okay. Uh, and what's on the logo? It's a variation on their thingy, right? It's, yes, it's the skull guy. He's got on big giant 80s style sunglasses. He's got a gold tooth, headsets, and it looks like a Nintendo Power Glove. Sweet. Yeah, you know that he's from the future. Uh-huh. 8% or still. All right. So. 8%. Well, what is the bearded iris? Um, it's probably about 8 or 9. Okay. Sounds good. But this will be... I assume. And I, I have body. not had this yet. I'm interested to see how they did on this one. I'm, as the listeners know, uh, not too difficult to please. It's crystal clear. Yeah. But it does not say hazy on it, right? It does not say hazy. So this is going to be kind of a West Coast style IPA, I would imagine. It's not as cold as I would like it to be. It's weird, too, because I, I bought it off of the cold shelf. I don't see anything wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. The hops... They're a little sweet. I can deal with it. I'm not going to kick it out of bed for eating crackers. Nope. All right. So where are we? We're going to do that movie marathon thing. The movie marathon thing. The 2021 movie marathon. And as of this recording, it is the 316th day of the year. And I'm on 322. I'm not on... counting the animation and horror blocks. <laughs> I'm on 352. And Chelsea? 366. Woo! You crossed that finish line. What was 365? The Last Picture Show. The Last Picture Show. Well, that makes sense. I thought yeah. it would have been like Eternals. That might have been your 364. She's not seen that. No, I didn't. Oh, I my, thought you went to that. I okay. didn't. After our adventure, my foot was very swollen. Oh. I needed to just rest okay. it. Understood. Understood. Uh, I have yet to see uh, Eternals either. So what is your first check-in going to be? This week, Chelsea. Um, the last picture show. Oh, the aforementioned last picture show. Uh, kind of controversial at the time. I, I can see why, but my God. My God what? It was so good. It's a very good movie. Uh, Robert Altman, correct? Mm. Am I wrong? Um, but no, 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 no. Uh, Bogdanovich. Peter Bogdanovich. Uh, Peter Bogdanovich. Thank you. And um, the give us a give us a breakdown. It's just about this small dying town in uh-huh. Texas, Texas, yeah, Texas, and the 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 people that live in it that are sort of, I mean, not like physically dying, but mm-hmm. set in the fifties. Yes, came out in seventy one. Seventy one. Yeah, you really liked it. You got I really Sybil did. Shepherd. You got. A uh, very beautiful young Sybil Shepherd. Also, Jeff Ellen. Bridges, Jeff right? Jeff Bridges, Cloris Leachman, oh, and yeah. an Oscar-winning performance. Mm-hmm. Fantastic movie. Now, they did make a sequel to this, and I'm struggling to remember the title. There is a sequel what? to The Last Picture Show, um, but we'll have to get Dana to help us out with that. And uh, nice. I'm glad. So what, was the, um, what prompted you to go and watch that? I was trying to... Figure out what was going to be 365 for ah, me. Ah, okay. And um, I've always wanted to see it. Yes. I've talked about seeing it and then just watched it. Well, it's perfect. Over to you, Sean. What do you got? Well, speaking of the Eternals, I watched the Eternals. The Eternals. And it was seemingly eternal. It was a long movie. Long as in? Duration. 240? Um, I think it is 240. So long as in penis size. Yeah. How long was the movie, Sean? Yeah, it's about 240. I Googled it. It said 237. 237, okay. yeah. A lot of ground to cover because these guys are completely foreign to the Marvel pantheon in terms of the movies. Yes. So there was a lot of stuff to do. And a lot of people aren't really liking the, liking the movie because 
I think that there's also a lot of conservative backlash. There is. The there are a lot of trolls. BTQ yeah, yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of trolls took over the internet on this, but uh, I thought that, you know, Jimmy Chan is gorgeous and she, I was glad to see that she was the main character. Right. Uh, uh, Kamal Nanjani is hilarious and awesome in this. How was Paperboy? Paperboy. From Atlanta? Oh, he was good. Always oh, got that paper boy. Oh, he's really good. And so is the dude from uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Oh. And all those movies. Shit. Yeah, okay. he's, he's he was quite good. But um, for me, for me, uh, you know, this was Jack Kirby's return to Marvel in the late 70s. And this was his comic. Okay. And so he got full credit at the end of the film. So it was good to see no charlatans in sight getting credit for nice. work they didn't do. I'm talking about you, Stan Lee. Oh, Damn. Uh, okay. Well, I am definitely going to watch that, but I may oh, wait for it to be available. Post credit sequences are good, yeah, and important. Gotcha. All right. Cool. Uh, so my first check in this week is three thirteen, and it is Finch. This is the new Tom Hanks post apocalyptic sci fi. It's Tom Hanks, a dog and a robot, trying to survive a post apocalyptic wasteland. What's not to love? There you go. Now, don't get me wrong. It's pretty much given away in the uh, opening that Tom Hanks is terminally ill from radiation. The reason that there was an apocalypse in the first place is because of solar flare. But he makes a very good point um, talking to the robot and the dog that the solar flare is not what killed everyone. Everyone was what killed everyone. Ooh. Yes. So it's there's a commentary on society there Sci-fi. as well. Yes. <laughs> um, but he recently, Tom Hanks recently said that his favorite, one of his favorite performances was Cloud Atlas. And that movie did not do so well. You know, the, but he, as an actor, he probably had fun doing it. Because he had to play different versions. Of yeah, and, and I'm sure that was probably a lot of fun, despite what, and you know, at the end of the day, does Tom Hanks really care what people think of his movies? Not at all. Not at this point. Um, so I would I would recommend Finch over Cloud Atlas. Over to you, Chelsea. What do you got next? Movie from 2021, No Man of God. Okay. Now, Sean, I think you were going to talk about this as well. So no, I, couldn't rem- I could not remember it. if we talked about it last week or not. So maybe we didn't. So go for it. It's, it's about... It's not about a man of God. God. It's really not. It's about the FBI analyst that interviews um, Bundy before oh, he dies. Oh, okay. So it's is it a biopic or is it a documentary? It's a um, biopic. It's, okay. It's based on the recordings yeah. that were done and then they kind of took liberties in okay. the parts that weren't recorded. Historical drama. But uh, Elijah Wood plays Hagmeyer. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. And... Don't know the actor that played Bundy, but boy, he was yeah. terrifying. Okay. <laughs> didn't um, Zac Efron play Bundy recently? Yeah, in the uh, in shocking, extremely loud and incredibly close. shockingly vile and extremely <laughs> that gross. That movie I mean, was not good. Okay. This one is really good. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll check it out. Over to you, Sean. What do you got? I'm on Mad God. Mad God. No Mad of God. This was written and directed by special effects legend and Academy Award winner Phil Tippett. Oh, okay. We've talked about him before. It is a stop motion nightmare 
delight. Oh, in a good way. It yeah. is amazing. Like a um, like a tool video. Like a tool video. Uh, people of a certain age will remember Liquid Television on yeah. MTV. Imagine a feature length stop motion psycho stop motion crazy nightmare it's, it's it's amazing let me ask you though is it stop motion it is stop motion <laughs> it's stop motion stop motion for me but stop motion for we, me we talked about this several weeks ago when the news came out about it and um you know this again he won the academy award for uh, jurassic park nice so it is available to see it is available to awesome. see and uh, it's just it's great the guy has nothing to prove he was just out there to have fun and it's it's a wild ride, right on. These are good recommendations, you guys. Um, my my next one is I'm kind of meh on. Uh, it's Annette from 2021. This is the Adam Driver musical, and my boy Marco tried to get me to watch this one night, and I just wasn't feeling it. And then I watched that Sparks Brothers documentary, and I found out that they made this movie, and all of the musical score is Sparks. And so I was like, okay, I'll give it a, I'll give it a, a whirl. And in that context, it was, it was more than tolerable. Let me put it that way. Okay. Um, the basic premise is we've got a comedian uh, who is kind of kind of an out of work comedian and his uh singer wife and their daughter daughter in big quotes chelsea do you have a second one for us um i've peaked and no i do not have a third you've, you've peaked, I've peaked. <laughs> and uh sean you got one more well you can jump in on this one chelsea if you like i'm checking in nuts the musical. Yeah, I saw this. this Me was, too. This was at South Carolina Underground Film Festival. This was our feature that we saw right as we arrived. And it is a hilarious musical about... Uh, exterminators? Exterminators and demon squirrel gods. Well, they're trying to prevent the... Um, Squirrel New Order? The Squirrel New Order. Um, the New Squirrel, squirrel order. order. Yes. And unfortunately, there wasn't. there isn't much you can find online about this. This is one of those things where this is why you have to go to these mm -hmm. festivals to see these little nuggets. We couldn't even check it in on Letterboxd. No. no. So, uh, but I did look into it and the dude who directed it is a musician yeah like it's, it's this is a side thing for him he's just like oh i i you know play gigs and stuff and i made this crazy ass squirrel movie <laughs> yeah. it's it's funny it's great i thought it was, I thought I it was really it. funny and i enjoyed it immensely my favorite part is when they figure out that the um secret potion is also a drug yes <laughs> and all the hippies start getting yep. fucked up on it in that tent house. The t and then we saw the director talk about it um, with his uh, creative partner. And they said, that, oh, yeah, that was just like the living room. Yeah, that was just <laughs> of <our> the house. <laughs> and so depending on what, how it was decorated was how they were filming that particular weekend. Yes. Um, by the way, I'm going to go ahead and pop open our other. Beer. OK, sounds good. This is called Escape Artist. Uh, Tango and Cash Tango and make cash. an escape. This is by Bearded Iris, and this is a double IPA with Strata, Cashmere, and Citra hops. I think that in a lot of these buddy cop movies, there comes a time where they're in a scenario that they have to escape. Where maybe the evil henchman gets the drop on them. Is it Strata or Strata? I don't know. I say Strata. Strata Compton. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I see what you did there <laughs> Chicago and Compton Strata Compton Alright so I do have one more Is it on me? It's on you and you're the last one Close us out Alright so this 
movie also had a two hour and 40 minute runtime. It was called No Runtime to Die. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, no Time to Die, the final installment in Daniel Craig's tenure as James Bond. Now, I know that the two of you are not Bond fans. I am, on the other hand, and as a Bond fan, I found that this film was a fitting swan song to his tenure as 007, but it could have used more Ana de Armas. Yeah, I heard that, and I heard it could have used more badness from the bad guy. Well, that wasn't terrible. He was a little bit uh, ineffectual, but one thing I noticed is that the two femme fatales, the two, or the two women leads in it, neither of them were evil. Neither of them were villains, and usually there's a a bad girl, a, a traditional femme fatale. And there wasn't in this one because you've got Leah Sidhu who mm-hmm. props Sidhu. Sidhu. I don't know. Oh, she's great, and she's she's been naked in a lot of movies. Not this one though, because it's James bummer. Bond. And uh, then Anna Darmus, who's she's working for the CIA, and so there's no bad girl. It's one thing it could have could have used. There's always got to be a bad girl in a Bond movie. There's not though, uh, but I will say Fail. they tied a nice bow on daniel craig's they wheeled him into the retirement home nope i don't want to watch it (laughs) uh you might you might actually (laughs) enjoy how it how it finishes up all right that's gonna wrap us up on the 2021 movie marathon oh fuck yeah well bringing us to the recast continued part two the sequel too old for this shit and this movie is from 1987 it has an inexplicable 89% 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. So the the noise you're making sounds like Richard Dreyfus when he's looking through the binoculars. <laughs> oh, this is good. <laughs> uh, the movie's called Stakeout, all one word. Uh, 1987, directed by John Badham. It's, like I said, 89% on RT. The tagline is, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. And there are sirens going off in the background, fittingly, because this movie is a crime. Yes. Police detectives Chris Leachy, Chris Leachy, played by Richard Dreyfus, and Bill Reimers, played by Emilio Estevez, are on the hunt for escaped prisoner Stick Montgomery, played by Aiden Quinn. <laughs> when the trail dries up, the pair are put on around-the-clock surveillance of a, of the fugitive's former girlfriend Maria played by the perfect, angelic, (laughs) beauty, Madeline Stowe. What starts as a boring assignment, monitoring the woman with binoculars, quickly turns into something more exciting when romance and Maria's gun-toting ex arrive on the scene. So, to say the very least... Richard Dreyfuss's performance in this is problematic. Absolutely. It's a um, a moral conflict. It's a conflict of interest. It's uh, a, a breach of best practices. We're expected to cheer for this guy who... Lever- basically a peeping tom he's a peeping a tom voyeur he, he leverages his authority in the mm-hmm. in, again this is how it's aged poorly in the age of of how police are viewed in the media and 
he's taken his power and he's leveraged it to get in the pants of his subject. Mm -hmm. It's problematic. Very much so. Now, I will say one thing uh, in terms of the structure of the movie. They did flip one of the tropes because the more by the book cop in the in the buddy cop Duo yeah, they did. Is the younger one, Emilio Estevez. And they even make a comment about yes. that, how they expected it to be the other way around. And Richard Dreyfus's character is much older, but he's the one who's breaking protocol. All right. So those roles that we're going to recast are Detective Leachy, played by Richard Dreyfus, who was 40 at the time. Detective Bill Reamers, played by Emilio Estevez, who was 25 at the time. Maria McGuire, played by an angel walking on this earth. Her name's Madeline Stowe and she can do no wrong. Uh, she was 29 at the time. And then uh, we've got a guy who wishes, wishes that Madeline Stowe would be his ex-girlfriend. His name's Richard Stick Montgomery played by Aiden Quinn, who was 28 at the time. I like how when he gets when he escapes from prison, he shaves off his beard and like they're not supposed to recognize yeah. him. <laughs> you still have wild Aiden Quinn eyes. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Chelsea, do you have a recast for this one? No. Oh, boy. No. <laughs> no. N O. Lots and lots of no's. Uh, no means no. Sean, do you have a recast for Detective Chris Lychee? Boy, do I. Who you got? He's 56 years old. Mm -hmm. He's been in things such as Say Anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gross Point Blank. Uh -uh, That's my dude. No, it's not. Serendipity and Entourage. I went with Jeremy Piven. Oh, okay. The sidekick to my dude, John Cusack, Jeremy Pivs. Yeah, I can see him. He's a creeper for sure. Um, so my pick, it's funny because you already brought him up tonight. Uh, he was in, well, he's 40 now, which is crazy. He was in eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, Mm -hmm. the good son and sin city. His name is Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood is going to be my Richard Dreyfuss, Sean. Nice. Richard Dreyfuss. Yes. And I think he's got just, he's got just enough creeperness. What are you saying? Is it like a height thing? Height thing? You just yeah. don't you don't think? You know, it's funny you should mention that because Elijah Wood played the character in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, where he was kind of like taking advantage of their situation while oh, they're yeah. monitoring. Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha. I actually did not think about that. You're giving me too much credit. Okay. Uh, next, we've got Detective Bill Reamers, played by Emilio Estevez. He was 25 at the time, uh, just about to be the coach of the Mighty Ducks. He's, he's gonna. It's go a on much to better things. situation for yes. him. I kept I kept saying that during the film. Just go coach the Mighty Ducks. Right. Just get out of this. Yes. And uh, who did you pick, Sean? Um, this actor. Uh, he's 29 years old. He's been on Friends. He was in Big Daddy. Mm-hmm. He's in Five Feet Apart, and he's known from Riverdale with Cole Sprouse. Mm-hmm. One of the Sprouse twins. Now, do you have a theme for this oh, do round I? as well? Oh, do I? All right, so remind me who you're... Um, Jeremy Piven. Jeremy, Jeremy Piven, Piven, Cole, Cole Sprouse. Sprouse. Hmm. Hmm, that's tough, man. Uh, although I still maintain my factual knowledge that if they ever make a biopic about Dave Matthews, that Jeremy Piven should play him. 
My detective Bill Reamers is 26 now. And I'm I wasn't familiar with him, so it's more of a face value pick, but he was in Astro Boy versus the Junkyard Pirates. Okay. That's my favorite. Mostly ghostly. Well, second favorite. I diddly ho, neighbor. And Mostly ghostly. Crawl space. No, I didn't like that one. His name is Sterling Beaumon. Sterling Beaumon. All right. Okay. It's okay. going to be Detective Reamer. All right. Next, we've got the amazing, uh, unparalleled actress and beauty queen, Madeline Stowe, <laughs> <laughs> who was 29 at the time, playing Maria McGuire. I want to know, Sean, who did you think would be up to this role? I went with a 25-year-old actress. Mm -hmm. She was in the ill-advised Charlie's Angels reboot. She was in Chemical Hearts. She was in the Kings of Summer and Riverdale, unrelated. I'm with Lily Reinhardt. Lily Reinhardt, okay. All right, all right. I can picture her in my head. My... Oh, my God, I got it. Okay, don't, don't, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me, because I'm definitely not going to figure it out. hysterical. My Maria Maguire is 29 now. She's in Valley Girl, the 2020 remake of Valley Girl, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Tinkerbell and the Never Beast. Her name is Chloe Bennett. Chloe Bennett. So oh, yeah. Maybe. I hated her in S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. I mean, is it because you were jealous? No, she was terrible. <laughs> All right. So, um, Chelsea, you're dying to reveal what you think Sean's theme is. Uh, let him go. Sean, <laughs> who do you have for the next role? Oh, for Aiden Quinn's part? Aiden Quinn, Stick Montgomery. I'm with a 34-year-old actor. He was in Son of Rambo. Yes. Uh, Chalet Girl. He was in Children of Men. Uh-huh. And he's known for Gossip Girl with Ed Westwick. Westwick. All right. Is he the one in You, the Netflix show, You? No. Okay. Uh, all right. So run them through one more time for me. Just the names. Jeremy Piven, mm -hmm. Cole Sprouse, mm -hmm. Lily Reinhart, Ed Westwick. I have no fucking clue. Chelsea? Mm-mm. Jeremy Piven, accused of sexual misconduct oh, on no. the set. <laughs> Cole Sprouse, accused in 2020 of an incident in NYU in 2013 of oh sexual misconduct. That was just with his twin brother. Lily Reinhardt, accused in 2020 of groping a female fan in a photo opportunity. And Ed Westwick, accused by three separate women of sexual assault. So the fan was getting a photo oh, taken Jesus. with Lily Reinhardt, and she got groped by Lily Reinhardt. She, kept, yes. she kept reaching Wait, lower and lower and lower. And she that's got mad one. about it? She went to Twitter about it, yeah. That's the one that... I think that's... It's awful. I mean hysterical because of the context of the movie. Well, it just, I mean, come on. Dreyfus showed them all how to do it. He gave them the roadmap to being creepy. Fair yes. enough, Sean. My pick is also 28 now. Okay. He was in Flag Day. He was in The Last Face, and uh -huh. he was in Between Worlds. Speaking of uh, Hollywood royalty, Sean, his name is Hopper Penn. Hopper Penn. Hopper is that Penn Sean is the son kid? of Sean Penn and Robin Wright. Okay. Oh okay. Yeah. And he looks, he looks creepy, too. <laughs> he looks like... um. 
the son of Sean Penn and Robin Wright? <laughs> I don't know. He looks like a, like one of those troll dolls. Hmm. All right. Well, maybe I mean that's like what he was going for when he picked his disguise getting out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So final thoughts on stakeout. Oh my God, fuck no. No, no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, it's a big old in no for me. Although I did like his prison break. I thought that was pretty mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, it was fun. But after that, the movie completely lost me. When I saw how creepy Dreyfus was being, woof. I prefer the uh, short-lived mid-2000s Philly cheesesteak fast food drive through called Steakout. Yes. <laughs> All right. So we do have a bonus segment tonight, guys, and it's going to be a standoff between two buddy cop duos. Oh, shit. We've got Cates and Hammond versus Riggs and Murtaugh. Cates and Hammond versus Riggs and Murtaugh. So Cates and Hammond being from 48 Hours, of course, and Riggs and Murtaugh from Lethal Weapon. Mm -hmm. So the first uh, pairing is uh, Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy. Uh And the second, of course, is... Melly Gibbs and Danny Glover. Thank you. Donald Glover. Donald Glover's <laughs> son. <laughs> um, I haven't seen either one of these. You haven't fucking... seen either of these? No, but I would never choose Mel Gibson, so I'm picking Nick Nolte. So is the reason that you showed up halfway through the episode is because you've never seen Lethal Weapon? <laughs> um, no. No, negative. Uh, Sean? Uh, it's going to be uh, Riggs and Murtaugh. Because just the 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 shit that they've been through. Uh-huh. Wait, which um, one is that? That's that's Gibson. That's, and, ew. And, and I, I'm sorry, but it's but, the superior. But, movie. but Glover, uh, just he, he's he's too old for this shit. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna have it. He's gonna put a stop to it. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no shenan- There's no fucking banana in the tailpipe, which doesn't work. Uh, oh, it was, does. Actually, a potato works. Which better. which is Beverly Hills Cop, of course. Mm-hmm. I know. Don't don't at me. Um, but definitely, it's it's lethal weapon. Are you saying for people not to at you on Twitter about banana in the tailpipe? That's right. <laughs> All right. But don't don't forget, Lethal Weapon did teach us that they fuck you at the drive-thru. Well, I'm going to go off script and uh, pick the duo from Hot Fuzz. That would be Simon <laughs> Pegg and Nick, Nick Frost. Nick Frost. <laughs> Nick Frost. They're going to be, they're going to swoop in. They're going to have some quick one-liners. Oh, shit. And they're going to like demolish. You know who I'm going to pick? What? Fucking Cagney and Lacey. Cagney and Lacey. They're asses. You know, Mm -hmm. that needs to be made into a movie. Oh, for sure. Cagney and Lacey. That's the the girl girl buddy cop, right? Yeah. But TV show. They did did make it. It was called The Heat. No, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon. Oh, my God. All right. So, that all being said, uh, I want to thank you, Chelsea, for showing up late. I'm sorry. And do you have anything you want to plug? Um... I don't know what Jordash is looking at, but it seems really important. So whatever Jordash is looking at. Mm-hmm. He's looking at the eye of God. It seems like it. And also, I want to thank the engineer, my co-host and co-producer, Sean the Brew Boss. Anything you want to plug, sir? What about Cinema Treasures? Cinematreasures.com. It's a cool website. I have no plugs. Uh, he has no plugs, except for in his head. Do you know what next week's episode is? Yes, wrongfully accused. Wrongfully accused of having hair plugs. Uh, So, I do have a sneak preview question and answer for you guys. But, I mean, 
obviously this is the genre of film where somebody is accused of a crime that they did not commit and try to prove their innocence right yes here's your question the film wrongfully accused is a 1998 satirical comedy written produced and directed by pat prophet and starring this actor as a man who has been framed for murder and desperately attempts to expose the true culprits Richard Gear. No. Damn. Should be. Once again, it's a comedy. He could do it. What year? Uh, as she looks at her phone. 1998. Le- Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen is correct. Yes. The film is a parody of the 1993 film The Fugitive and also parodies numerous other films. Okay. All right. We want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher apps. Uh, We could really use those ratings and reviews. Also, you can find us online on podbean.com. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there. We are at Cinema Chop Shop on Twitter. We are Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook and Gmail and Instagram and untapped that's u-n-t-a-p-p-d where chelsea checks in all of the beers Fucking that we every drink week each week and we're cinema chop shop on there as well as on youtube you can find an audio version of this with a sweet ass picture under cinema chop shop podcast on youtube finally we want to say uh thank you to you the listeners stand down And don't forget to get that vax, otherwise social distance, and wear a mask. And please remember to watch Chop Retrofit. Why haven't they made a Hawaii Five-0 movie? They made a new TV TV show. show. That's why. Why haven't they made a movie? Because Because they they made a new TV show.